Last time on our script breakdown of Chapter 7, The Massacre at Hawkins Lab. For first reactions, I also, I also did skim larger parts of it, too, as well. Um, so, I guess first reactions is, I think it's very interesting to see what they wrote originally and what wound up on screen. Um, and I think there are several points where, like, there is a big deviation from what they originally wrote to really commented on this season how um you know when you had subtitles on and it'd be like squelching loudly like yeah. the or like synth pop plays ominously <laughs> and how great those were and they were very descriptive mm-hmm. um, which I love because I feel like it you know they really described it for people if you can't see it I thought that was cool um and also I always have subtitles on when I'm watching things if I'm alone so I love that but I hadn't thought about the the descriptions they would give for the actors and something I noticed is that like they swear quite a bit in the descriptions which I was not yeah. expecting and I'm like right so like I feel like this script is very grown up there were certain dialogues that were almost verbatim and you could definitely tell they were like hey we needed you to say this as close to this as we have it written as possible and a lot of that does come with the relation to the the lore and the stuff with uh Henry Vecna one whatever you know uh and with Brenner and stuff which I really appreciate them doing that but yeah it's uh it was really really cool to see just truly how much improv there is because you know we've we've heard a lot about Millie Bobby Brown doing a lot of improv uh so I'm like okay that's expected but you know just to see uh how much the others improv as well was um was really cool and owens and brenner are looking through like the observation room and and i was trying to crash the coke can um owens line is owen and brenner's lines are verbatim um until um you get to the end there and owens adds good for us and he walks away Mm -hmm. and i really like that line because that I don't know if that was an ad lib that he added or if that was a direction, but I like it because it really humanizes Owens in that moment. Without mm-hmm. that, I don't think it would have humanized him because it's when you realize he's been working with Brenner and there's things where like Elle runs mm-hmm. and they they like they inject her and that keeps happening. And we've just had that scene where Brenner's the audacity to be like, this place is not a prison. <laughs> like Yeah. So then we get um, a really cool, really acting scene because um, this is probably one of my favorite scenes in terms of comedy uh, in this episode. Yeah, mine too. Um, <laughs> Night Swim? <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I loved uh, every minute of that um, scene with the parents <laughs> fighting. Uh over you know possible jail time for their children um uh then after that um we go back into the upside down i have something i want to say about that scene though i have something i want to see about that okay at the wheel of hops because so i'd forgotten because i mean like obviously i've watched i've Watched volume one, but I haven't rewatched volume two. But like, you know, I was rewatching the episode for this and I'd forgotten just how like what makes it seem so funny, how jarring it is. You go from this super serious thing to be like, nice swim. <laughs> yeah. Dusty, someone comments. was just murdered there. <laughs> yeah, we didn't know that. Oh, like the whole journey between Justin and, and Lucas, that kind of yeah. trust you have when you've known someone like your whole life, when you're like, yeah, and then this happened, totally, and Max is just sitting there like, oh my god, like, <laughs> and what made me laugh too is that because like, um, like all three of those actors have actually known each other since they were like babies, because mm-hmm. they were all on Broadway, I love that you really got to see that, where that role of like, like it really came through, and I I love that it made the comedy work. Yeah, um, so I really liked that. Um, the contrast does swell, and I thought it interesting that Erica swears in the script, but not in the show in mm-hmm. that scene, 
which I thought was interesting. I think they made the right choice, though, because I feel like she would have sworn the parents would have latched onto that and gotten mad at her for that, mm-hmm. which took away from her point that the couch was on fire because, like, they were all clearly lying. Yeah. And for me, like, I, I love the point where they're trying to signal her to shut the hell up. And you can tell she's mad that they didn't include her uh-huh. and that she yeah. hasn't been included. And that's why she's saying that. Because had they included her, as soon as they do, she, she would have. Yeah, she would have not have said yeah. that. Yeah. No, but they're 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 basically trying to signal her, and she's like, "Nah, you didn't include me. You didn't tell me what was going on. I'm here painting figurines and dealing with Jason while you're out doing this. Nah, not gonna happen." And like, she's so mad at them when like later Dustin's like, "Do you remember the whole thing with like the mall or like the Russians or whatever?" And she was like, "No, I forgot." Like she's not at all happy. Yeah. Um, which like something I'm really excited for for season five is I feel like we really are going to get this sense of like we're all in this together. Everyone that knows about this, you know, we like kind of at the ground gown. I can't talk. Hit the ground running with everyone that's in the know, which I'm excited to see because I feel like as fun as that stuff is, when you have people kind of finding out different times it's also very interesting to be like okay we're all together how does like what does that dynamic look like um so i'm interested to see that and i like this was added to the show and i don't know if this was i if this was the actors or they decided to add this in last minute but in the script everybody starts arguing with each other and you can't hear anything but in but in the show you have um, Ted make the comment about you know going to Joe's in their lives. Karen be like, that's not what he meant. And the Sinclair's being like, oh, you want to send my kid to jail? And now like you get that little interaction before you stop hearing what everyone is saying. Um, and I liked that because like I feel like you got since you don't we don't get a lot of time with the Sinclair's. I felt like you got to learn a little bit more about them mm-hmm. uh, in that interaction, especially since I haven't we don't know. But I, like I said, I, I hope to kind of see the parents be more involved in the final season because I feel like the gang's going to need all the help they can get. It's going to be hard to hide it. And I can't imagine them knowing about it and not wanting to help. Um, I feel like when they find out they've been facing this alone, they're going to be horrified. So I like that interaction because you had Ted saying something stupid, as usual. Then you have Karen trying to defuse the situation because you obviously know she doesn't agree with Ted, but she's trying to defuse the situation. And the Sinclair's being like, okay, you crossed the line here because you want to send my kid to jail? Like, seriously? Like, they're just trying to get them to be honest and Ted takes it too far. Also, I don't acknowledge this, like, openly, but I it's subtle, I like this. Like, the Sinclair's are Black. How good is Black, okay? There's a very different way they would view the police and going to prison and that being on your record than a white family would. And I liked that there was kind of an undertone of that there. Like, yeah. it was a little bit there, which I thought was fun, which I thought was well done. Like, I feel like so many times with issues like that, they hit you over the head with it in TV shows. It's like, mm-hmm. okay. But I like the subtlety because at this point, like everyone in that room is middle class, right? So it's not a it's not a money issue, right? Except for Max, but it's, so it's not a money problem. Um, which side note, how do the Hendersons have, like, what does Claudia Henderson do? Because, like, everyone else has a two-income family, right? But, like, what does Claudia do? <laughs> like, that's a side note, but that brought that back up for me. But anyways, you see the interaction where this isn't about money, this is about, like, the Sinclair's are mad at their son, but they're also trying to protect him, and you've got loose lip Ted over there just saying stuff pissing everybody off now Karen's got trying to defuse the situation and you know he's pleading Dustin um and also the other thing this theme brought up for me is um the fact that they the police had to start with Max first and she's the only one without a parent present really bothers me because they pick her first and she's the only one without a parent present and coming back to you and I've talked about this fact that they learned nothing from Hopper after working with that guy mm-hmm. for like, well, he's been, I guess he's been chief for four years when the show starts. So what, like seven years is like, first of all, you don't take the one kid without a parent. You take 
Dustin or Lucas, but you don't take her first. First of all, you can't even leave the interviewer without a parent present. Um, second of all, if she broke the case wide open, let's say Nancy was actually missing and they she broke the case wide open, none and Eddie actually had done something. That isn't what happened. Let's say it was. Nothing Max says could be used because she did not have a parent present. They mm-hmm. knowingly did that. They tried to cuff her. So nothing she says. And a good lawyer looks at that and goes, everything else they said, fruit of poisonous tree. You took advantage of the fact that my client's working class. You took advantage of the fact that like she did not have a parent present. You threatened her. None of this is admissible in court now. And Hopper would have known that. Yeah. Okay. So that right. And then when they come back later and he's like, oh yeah, she stuck to a story. We shouldn't have started with her. She was mean. And I'm like, you picked the working class kid who lives in a trailer park. Who's lost both her abusive stepfather and her brother who used to live in California who skateboards and is a tomboy. That kid, all the two middle-class kids, parents are sitting there. And you thought that was going to be the easier one? Like, what were they even thinking? Like, I don't, I don't even know. So that also brought that up for me. Um, and it reminded me that, like, even when season one, that scene where, like, Hopper is talking to the boys about what happened to Will, like, where mm-hmm. Will could be. He's like, I sometimes I forget how much of an asshole Hopper is in season one. Like, he so does not want to be there. But underlying that, is this the guy who was like a homicide detective for seven years who served? Like, he knows underneath that is a guy who knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So I feel like even when he's being an asshole, that comes through. Whereas you compare that to the deputies, a lot of these government people we have, they lack either they lack the experience or the intelligence, it's not there. I think in contrast makes Hopper such a compelling character because when you scrape that away, underneath is a person who knows what he's doing, who legitimately does want to help. Um, and you just see that contrast so clearly because the deputies are doing the best they can, but they suck at it. Like they suck at the basics of policing. Whereas like the whole season was like, yeah, that's what happened on Hopper's watch. Like if Hopper would have been doing that, he would have been like, okay, you guys are obviously lying. Is Nancy okay? Did he do something to her? Like, we just want to help. No one's going to prison. Calm the hell down. Like, we just want to help. And the other thing that's brought up for me is I realized that we never actually get a resolution to any of that because Nancy shows back up at the end. They skip those two days. We never see the fallout from it. And I'm like, I guess her mom is so happy to see her that they dropped the whole thing. But what was Nancy's explanation for where the heck she was? Yeah. Because... Like what? Like she has to tell her mom something, and the other parents must have known something because when we see the scene at the end, there, everyone's not upset. They're like, you know, they're taking stuff to donations. Like they're just happy everyone's alive. But I'm like, what was the explanation there? Like, yeah, like I, like that last shot of the season is epic and that's great. But I hate that they. My big chief complaint with the finale is that they. They skip those two days. And so we, there's so much, like, there's so much stuff in little things where it's like, what was her explanation? Does Mike know that Eddie died? Where's his body at? Like, there's so much stuff there. They're like, what did Owens, like, not or not tell Hopper? Like, what happened there that we're missing? And I mean, I suppose they could show us in flashbacks at the beginning of next season, but like, I just, I wanna know. Like, I wanna know. <laughs> That's the script I want to read. Give us episode yeah. nine, and then you know they're probably they probably won't do that uh, at least until after no. season five is out because there's probably definitely some um, some spoilers for or really yeah. new windows for what's to come next season. So that's probably why uh, we're not going to get that one anytime soon. But uh, when we go back to the upside down. Uh, the kids are at school rock, and uh, the big thing that jumped out at me was when uh, Nancy is talking about, you know, um, going to get guns so that they can, you know, get the heck out of there. And, you know, Steve brings up um, the uh, revolver and all that um, in the script. Uh, he just says, uh, no, sorry, on screen, um, he says, you know, just calls it a revolver, but in the script, 
It's referred to as Lonnie Byers' revolver. Yeah, I caught that too. Where originally yeah. she says Lonnie Byers' gun, but then the the she actually says um, a revolver. I caught that too. Yeah. Yeah. What are your and thoughts on that? I have thoughts. What are your thoughts? I, I mean, I don't, I don't really know why. First of all, they would uh, have included that. I mean, yeah, it was Lonnie's revolver. Yeah. But I don't it's know actually, why. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why they would have, like, wrote that um, in the script. I'm kind of glad that they, it didn't make it to the final cut, and they just said revolver, uh, because, yeah, it's, it's really, really strange there. Um, yeah, I don't, I would love to, to have them on the podcast to ask the Duffer Brothers about yeah. that, but, you know. Yeah, um, I like I to me. I feel like they must have changed it because if she said Lonnie Byers' gun, I feel like mm-hmm. the logical next question from Eddie is, "Why do you have Lonnie Byers' gun?" Mm-hmm. And then they'd have to have a call, a whole conversation about that, which they really didn't have yeah. time for, nor was it really relevant to the plot. So I feel like that probably got dropped for time, and because like that opened up a whole line of questioning. To be honest, I'd forgotten it was Lonnie's gun, because like. I think Jonathan steals it out of Lonnie's car when he's there for Will's funeral. Mm-hmm. And then it winds up with Nancy following, like, Steve saving their asses. Like, the implication there is that she takes the Russian Markov that she bought and the revolver home with mm-hmm. her. And since we know that, like, Jonathan steals the gun, but then we realize afterwards that, like, he doesn't actually like guns. Like, he doesn't, he's not very good with them. Because, mm-hmm. like, that scene in season two was like, hey, can you do this? And Jonathan's like, what? <laughs> and Nancy's like, give it me. So, like, <laughs> It makes sense that she winds up with it. Also, the fact that, like, we get that scene the Upside Down where she's like, I threw you out two years ago because you hurt my feet. The fact that she was like, these hurt my feet. This is a good place to store the guns. Yeah. Like, um, I love that. And, like, I feel like it, I, I'm glad they cut that because it's like, I'd kind of forgotten it was even his gun. And so, like, it didn't need to be there. Um, But... Yeah, I feel like I feel like they were as descriptive as possible in the original script, and then they got to filming. And they were like, "We can cut a whole bunch of this stuff. We're way over time." Like, yeah, I feel like they've been able to get it in for their normal like thirty to forty-five minute to an hour episodes, like in previous seasons, mm-hmm. and they had needed to pack so much in and so many days with COVID, blah blah blah. Um, I feel like some of the stuff would have made it in, which I'm honestly kind of glad it didn't because. I feel like it would have added extra stuff that like just didn't need to be there. Like mm-hmm. there's that quote, you know, good writing is is rewriting and it's taking out stuff that doesn't need to be there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um so I agree on that one. And as I'm sure you you can imagine, our listeners can imagine, I have a lot of thoughts on this scene because as you know, I'm a big Steve and Nancy fan. Um and there's been a lot of talk, like, in the fandom about, like, how if you read the script, like, the descriptions, it basically, like, like, it basically proves that, like, we're not, we're not crazy to be seeing, like, a Steve and Nancy plot that they're setting up there. Mm-hmm. Not that we were crazy, but just that, like, it proves that, like, yeah, like, that was intentional. They intentionally were, went into this season being, like, this is the direction we're going. We're writing this into the script. Um, and also, like, that gives directions for the actors, right? Like, how they're supposed to play that, which I think is interesting, um, because, like I said this before when we were doing our predictions, that in the trailer, I had that moment where I'm like, there was a vibe when Stephen Nancy was like, see you on the other side. I'm like, mm-hmm. is this more of a romantic thing? Are they restarting that? Or is it, we've been friends, like, enough time has passed, we can be friends now, more of a camaraderie. And so... I think it's um, interesting that there was like, that was like a conscious choice they made, uh, which I find very interesting. Um, and some of the like the funnier stuff they changed, like the fact that in the script she's like "sit" in all caps, <laughs> "sit, sit down," whereas I feel like on screen it turned into more of a like him trying to be like "I'm fine" and like walk it off, and her being like "sit, sit." Whereas in the show, and I I credit the actors for this because I thought they did a great performance. It's more of um. It's more of a give and take where he's like, oh, I'm fine. Nope, nope, not fine, not fine. Um, Here, let me help you. And it's more like a give and take. Mm-hmm. Um, And something that really came across to me is I think in the original script, it's more like Nancy looking after him. 
and then everyone kind of following along um you know kind of following um uh her lead whereas the the final version is more of a give and take between Steve and Nancy they're more of a team and it's more about them leading the charge and Robin and Eddie being like all right well this sounds like a good idea um and so I like that change because um I feel like it plays the actor's strengths and also it makes you root for them as a team because something that my friends and I have said from past seasons is that like there came a point in the show where as much as you love Steve and Nancy, I felt like Jonathan and Nancy were a better team, right? Where it was like, Nancy's like, I've got the plan. Jonathan's like, I'll drive. And they were pursuing things and they were following leads. And that was kind of their storyline for the, like, basically for the first three seasons. Um, and so there hit a point where Steve just couldn't be the partner that Nancy needed. And Jonathan was willing to do that. Mm-hmm. But I think what's interesting about season four as we come to the conclusion is you see that change where separated Nancy's still, like, she's very ambitious, trajectory, pursuing leads, like, that's a big part of her character, whereas Jonathan's just kind of, like, aimlessly kind of floating, he's unanchored, we don't see him, like, him being a photographer is, like, his his main thing, and we don't see him take a single photo all season, mm-hmm. like, he's just kind of aimlessly drifting, whereas you see Steve, independent of Nancy, of anybody else, of his own volition, has, like, like we as the audience have seen him for the past few seasons and really season three I feel like was the epitome of this like him taking charge and and pushing forward and like even when other people didn't believe him about some of the Russian stuff he kept pushing Mm -hmm. right he's like that music sounds familiar like he kept pushing and so now he's become more confident in that and do you see him independent and then Nancy is also you know been on that trajectory so I feel like now that they're spending time together the way they haven't in years, you really you really see that they're both kind of take charge personalities that complement each other. And I felt like from the script to the final version, you root for Steve and Nancy so much more as a team in the final version because of the way they, they played it mm-hmm. and the adjustments to the dialogue, which I thought was uh, very interesting. And I feel like that's definitely intentional because... Um, like they could have just gone with the original and that you know what I mean like that was definitely either the actors kind of went with it or it was a directing choice or both mm-hmm. um something that I've seen other people point out too is that like the way Steve's wounds are described in the final version versus the script like they're a lot gorier in the script like there's mm-hmm. blood running down his chest so much gorier and they went with gross rather than gory in the final version, which I appreciate because apparently they were going to do that with Renner as well, like have a lot more scarring and they sent that to him and he was just like, no. Um, So I feel like it's also possible that either they learned from that or Joe Carey was like, no. Like they went a little too far with the gore or the prosthetics and people were like, no, no, save that for Vecna. Like, what? no. Like, I'm too pretty. Like, we're not you know, Jamie gets his moment. He gets to be the hot orderly. He gets that. No, we're not taking this away. Like, no, no. Either that or they looked at them and they were like, we're not going to cover that. We're going to let you be hot. Like, we're going to we're gonna play to our strengths here. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, honestly, good call. Because I don't know a single person, gay or straight, that didn't look at that scene with Steve, with the hairy, like, with the hairy, like, covered in blood Steve. It wasn't like, uh-huh. oh, my God. So good call there. Excellent call there. Um, and honestly, just the whole way that like their Stephen and interactions were described just makes my shipper heart very, very happy. Um, a small change I noticed that originally like she has Steve turn around and he ties the bandage at the at the back. Mm-hmm. And then the final she ties it at the front. And I also noticed that like in the original script, they're still doing that. When like Eddie and Robin are over on the rock, like he's on the rock and she's standing down there. Mm-hmm. And it's more of like they're kind of coming out of that thing as they're kind of talking. Whereas mm-hmm. in the final version, which again it makes you root for them as a team and as a couple, is you know, she helps him out and like um oh yeah, in the original too, like there's a script. Um, I think either Steve or Nancy tells Robin and Eddie to turn around. And, but in the final version, they just do that themselves to kind of give them a moment, which I felt made sense because it's like, well, like, they're not Jonathan. So, like, you showed, you don't need to tell them to turn around because they know to respect their privacy, right? Yeah. Um, 
So I, I like that those kind of things were removed because it's like, well, that would have been telling rather than showing. You don't need to tell somebody to turn around. And also, I feel like Robin's obviously freaked. She's making jokes, but, you know, she's scared mm -hmm. of rabies. She also, like, Steve is her best friend, right? She This is the person she's come out to. This is the person that knows about Vicky. You know, this is her best friend. This is her barb, basically. Yeah. And she's obviously, she's trying to hide it, but she's obviously very, very, very concerned about Steve. So I also feel like she's kind of turning right to be, like, get her own composure, you know? Or Steve. Um. So I like that. And I also thought that, like, in the final version, again, like, they finish what they're doing. They come over. And you see Team Nancy Moore as a team. They're joking around. Um, you know, they seem more united as as a team in their actions and as being leaders. Rather than the script, it's more kind of like you happen to be there. So I, I like those kind of intentional um, changes from script to screen where you can kind of tell as they went along, they made intentional choices to be like, okay, what's the vibe we're going for here? Like, what do we want to convey to the audience? And then they adjusted um, for that, which I mean, credit to the actors because you you kind of have to read the room when you're when you're making those types of changes. I feel like, um, so uh, yes, I really like that. Um, was there anything else? Um, oh yeah, I think some of my some of my favorite descriptions too. There's a lot of like my favorite descriptions of things in in this part of the script was Steve and Nancy cling to each other. Uh oh. But there are bigger problems than sexual tension. I love that one. Yeah. Like it makes you miss the point. Like big neon sign. Yeah. Um, and I mean, what I love too is that like that's for the actors, right? Because yeah. like they're the ones acting this. They're the ones that need to have this information. It's not for anybody else. Mm -hmm. So I find, I love the little directions in the script because they're really for the actors to understand what their character is coming from. Mm -hmm. um, and I like how intentional they are about, you know, conveying that to these actors um, because I feel like there is that trust in, there is that trust there and that tells them, okay, this is the way you need to to play it. Also something I noticed too is this scene and the previous one, the demo bats. Um, also side note, I find it odd. Maybe they cut this for time. But all the other creatures we've seen, they openly name them in the show. But the Demobats, they don't actually ever call them Demobats in the show. Like, yeah, unless I missed it. But um, I'm kind of hoping that'll come back next season where um, someone makes a comment about Demobats. And everyone else is like, Demo, what? And they're like, they're bats, but they're demons. They're like a Demodon, but it's a bat. But it looks like a stingray and it bites you. And everyone's just horrified. And they're like, okay. <laughs> yeah that too yeah for those things too um like i'm kind of hoping we're gonna do that because at some point they do have to describe that to the others and i i hope they don't gloss over it i hope we see a scene in which everyone's trying to describe what went down when they mm -hmm. were separate because if they skip over that we're gonna miss so much comedy and so many like horrified looks and like what like you know because i love those scenes where it's like you know when they're like what russians what do you mean what what do you mean? What, what is going on? Um, so those are some of my favorites. So I'd love to see that. Um, I also like that they cut, so they cut the interaction with Robin and Steve about the vest and instead changed to Nancy and Steve taking charge. Like they they charge off, like, okay, let's do this. And Eddie and Robin kind of look at each other and be like, all right, this seems like a good idea. Like Eddie says, what are we waiting for? And then Steve and Nancy take that cue and they march forward and they go, okay, I guess we're not waiting for anything. Let's go. Versus, like, in the script, it's more, like, meandering, like, all right, I guess we'll get up now. Um, and I like that they cut the interaction because it felt like Robin, like, it read to me like Robin was kind of being mean, when in reality, like, I feel like her final version makes more sense because, like, Eddie's giving him the vest for, like, a little bit of cover. He's half naked. He's got bandages on him. Uh -huh. um, he's giving it to him as, like, you know, a little bit of cover kind of a thing. Yeah. And also, he's seeing, like, Nancy and Steve argue each other, and he's like, we've got bigger problems than sexual attention, people. Like, we gotta move. Um, so he's, like, trying to get him to cover up a little bit. And I feel like, like, Robin making a comment that would have been mean, and I felt like it would have been comedic where it just let the moment be serious, you mm -hmm. know? And I like I liked those changes where they just let the moment be serious, or, like, a touch of humor, like, you almost shot me with that one. 
yeah, and he almost deserved it. Like that's kind of yeah. cute, but she yeah. doesn't take away from the seriousness of the moment. Same thing with like, no, I thought we'd go see the sights, Eddie. Like, I think it would have taken away. And so I like that they went with the more subtle kind of comedic moments or, you know, like they trusted the audience to understand. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I really, I really like that. And um, yeah, I like a lot of the physical choices they made too. Like a lot of, like I said, like things the actors physically did or the way they move through the scene that aren't in the script or something different is in the script. And I, I like that because um, I feel like you got more characterization, more sense of the, where the characters were at mentally um, with those changes, which I liked. Um, so moving on to the next scene, um, do you have thoughts on like the Russian uh, prison scene? Uh, yeah, I do. But before we do that, um, uh, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the paragraph, which is what the uh-oh is in, because, um, you know, that's when the earthquake happens. And I really enjoyed reading this description of what's happening, because when you watch it, you like, you can see and hear everything that they're describing here. Um... But when it says, uh, as soon as the earthquake ends, a chorus of monstrous roars fills the air as if calling in response like animals in the jungle. They are seemingly everywhere. And so, you know, of course, we don't see uh, any actual monsters here. We just, you can hear it in the background and stuff. And so what I kind of, you know, some questions that I kind of had based on that was, you know, is this the the beast that Nancy talks about in the army of monsters. And uh, if so, um, I kind of have wondered, um, you know, where is Vecna keeping them hidden? You know, why can't we see him? Are they, uh, you know, under the ground or something there? Uh, are they actually in this part or realm of the upside down where Nancy and everyone is? Or is there a realm underneath the Upside Down that we don't uh, know about yet? Because I found it uh, very uh, coincidental that uh, the roars take place right after the ups uh, the earthquake ends, which kind of insinuated to me that it's just a matter of time before uh, they this beast or whatever the monsters break through, and so. Because we know that upon uh, Henry Creel's first entry into the Upside Down, it doesn't look the same as what we know it as. So I kind of just wonder how many layers are we talking about here? Or if there are any layers to the Upside Down that, you know, we don't know about yet. I kind of think that there are. Uh, but I think this is definitely something that uh, alluded to Season 5 and we're going to find it out about it in Season 5. Yeah, I feel like you're right. Either there's layers or it's evolving. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like either the landscape is evolving so it doesn't look the same as it did in season one. Um, and depending on what theory you subscribe to there, like did Will create that with his mind? Is this back now? Like what is the ethos of it? And they've said we're going to mm -hmm. find out in season five. But yeah, either like you're right. Either there's layers to this. Like, like, like there's layers of the earth. You know what I mean? Like either there's mm -hmm. layers and the same thing is true on this side or... It's evolving, and the also the call and answer thing with the ant with the monsters is a reoccurring like you're right. It's a reoccurring like theme because mm -hmm. we had that with the demodogs and the demogorgons and well, I guess the demodogs and the demogorgons, but like you know what I mean. Like that seems to be a reoccurring. Yeah. So it's an element of that environment. I mean, other animals don't do that, but you know what I mean. Like that seems to be a reoccurring thing for these monsters. Mm -hmm. Also, I really liked like something that people pointed out about that made season one so great, like cinematically, is that you go the entire season and you hear about the monster, but you don't see it till the end. Mm -hmm. And how in terms of storytelling, that was really well done, because a lot of movies they come out right out of the gate or yeah. shows come right out of the gate, and how they kind of went back to that um, in in this season where you you hear the monsters, but you like, you see the demobats. But you don't hear whatever the heck is coming after them. Is it the Dembeds? Is it something else? And then you see Vecna, but you don't see the stuff Nancy talks about that they tell you, like, you know it's there, 
but you don't see it yet. Um, and cinematically, like I liked kind of coming back to that idea from season one where mm-hmm. kind of show don't tell. Like you can hear it, but you can't see it. You know, it's there, but you can't see it. Um, I thought, yeah, I thought that was cool. And um, that kind of sense of unknown, like unknown um, threat mm-hmm. that they face. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's an interesting thing about the layers. I mean, there's more to it, definitely, than what we what we can see or what we know currently, I think. Yeah. So you asked me if I wanted to talk about the Russian stuff. Like, I'll be honest with you, like, I, re- I really don't. Like, people, you know, the fond, you know, the show know how I feel about the whole Russian plot in general. Uh, the only thing, I mean, there's nothing really that leapt off this the script at me in this scene and it it just reminded me of just how not really bad but just in my own personal opinion just how much of a a waste of time the russia plot was uh and that's just my personal opinion that does not reflect jasmine's or you know that's just (laughs) what i think because yeah because i mean we don't hopper doesn't really share anything new i mean he talks about the last time that he saw 11 you know she wasn't i wasn't you know her greatest person or whatever and like i thought you made up (laughs) at the mall you know well i I think to me that was more i think he was talking more generally that's how i kind of saw it like, yeah. last time I saw her, she wanted, you know, I was just in her way. She didn't want anything to do with me. I felt like that summer, like, he kept trying to block the fact that Mike and Elle were dating and got them to break up. And he was all about, like, you know, like, the door three, open three inches. Like, I felt like he was talking more generally. Because you're right. Like, right at the end there, they did make up. They were fine. I kind of thought they were talking more generally. Um, but I do get, because he was <clears> also <throat> talking about um, Mikhail, like, his... Um, Dimitri's son mm-hmm. and so they were kind of comparing you know but I get like yeah we don't really get any any new information I'll give you that um I liked apart from the like the torture and whatever I did enjoy the Russian plot for the most part <laughs> so um I liked getting more information yeah um I I, mean, I liked from the historical point of view I liked that part of the Russian plot uh, because you got to really see Russia when it was still the Soviet Union and just how, you know, how different it was from America. Like when Hopper in episode four escapes and goes to the church and we see the town and there's like nobody outside. And granted, it's snowing, but still like in America, there would still be people outside playing and stuff. And I, I really loved how it showed what life was like uh in the soviet union um and even you know the gulag stuff even though dimitri would have long been you know shot on the spot for being a traitor uh but you know i I enjoyed those parts of it and even in this scene i enjoyed the interaction between um dimitri and hopper loved that uh, the actors, I thought, did a good job carrying that, but uh, the just the, the dialogue of Hopper saying, you know, whatever this is, I feel like it's part of something that's trying to kill Elle, and maybe that's why I'm here. And, like, how would you know that? I mean, I'm not trying to be, like, cynical or anything, so I apologize, apologize if I'm coming across that way, but what do you mean? Like, like, how would Hopper know? Yeah, like, why would oh. he even think to say that? I mean, you've been gone for almost a year. And this yeah, thing, but... like, why Why would he question, why would he, instead of asking that, why not just question, you know, how did you, how, why is this Demogorgon here? Like, how, you know, what are, what are you up to here? With this, I, mean, I know that episode eight, it's it's kind of addressed that they're studying the Demogorgons and stuff. Yeah. 
and the shadow monster thing. But in that moment before, if you're Hopper and you haven't found that out yet, and you've been in this, you know, you've been in this prison for eight months and you, you see they have this Demogorgon and all that, you know, I just, I just didn't understand why he would question. See, I did though, because the last thing he remembers right before that happened is that like they, they'd figured out that like the Russians had reopened the gate Mm -hmm. or were trying to, and that was what was causing the problem. So to me, it was like, I get that he's questioning it and he's like, if this thing is here, like, I feel like in his mind up to that point, he was like, okay, Elle is safe. Like, the buyers have her, mm-hmm. right? Because it, you know, we established at the beginning of the season that he set up a trust for Elle, right? And that, you know, Owens had to move to California. But, you know, Hopper definitely cares. So I feel like he he definitely set that up before he would have died. You know, no, he didn't die. But you know what I mean? Like, he mm-hmm. definitely made sure Joyce had custody. He definitely would have made sure that stuff was set up. Um, and that's, that's established at the beginning that that stuff has been done. So in his mind, I feel like he, in his mind, is like, okay, Ella's with the buyers, wherever they are, she's doing the best she can to keep them safe. You know, mm-hmm. like that's where he was at with that. But then he realizes there's a Demogorgon in Russia and he's like, this is not good because that shouldn't, shouldn't be here because if the Demogorgon is here. That means that like the gate's been reopened or something's gone wrong. They've made mm-hmm. to extract it. And the last time they extracted it, like this mind flare came and like he doesn't know them all got destroyed. But I mean, like, like he knows that bad things happened. You know what I mean? Like the mind flare got out and they were going yeah. down there to save the kids. So to me, I'm like, he's like, okay, if the if the Demogorgon is here, that means either the gate's been reopened or they found another way to extract this thing. And that's like that cannot be good. Like, that means Elle is not safe. Something is wrong. This thing shouldn't be there. It shouldn't exist. Like, it shouldn't, you know, it shouldn't be alive. Yeah. It shouldn't be up here. So that, to me, was the connection there. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I do I do see your point, but, like, to me, that was the connection. So, like, he's not surprised when they realize they've been studying it. Because I'm like, well, they were trying to study it before. Like, they were trying to study the gate before, right? Yeah. Um, so there was that, and for changes to the script, I'm glad they cut his Dimitri's line where he's like, "But she's not here," and I'm glad they cut that because I feel like it would have come across as comical rather than serious. Mm-hmm. And I liked in the final version, and I feel like this is probably them just trying to work it out when you have a character who speaks English, but it wouldn't be like perfect English as we know it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I say perfect; nobody really speaks perfect English, but you know, <laughs> queen or something, um, or the king, I suppose now. Um, but you know, like it's not like English as we know it. I feel like they were probably trying to feel out, like, okay, what makes sense for the English this person would know, mm-hmm. while also making them sound intelligent and not like an idiot. And I feel like I'm glad they cut this line because him saying, "But she is not here," implies a stupidity that I don't think Dimitri has. Mm-hmm. Like, he's clearly a smart guy if he's gotten this far. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and like he, he's clearly an intelligent person so like as he says to Hopper we knew the risks here so like obviously she's not here mm-hmm. and obviously that's not what Hopper is saying he's not saying that she's in Russia and that was obvious so I'm glad they cut that because like by Dimitri just being like I'm confused <laughs> I feel like anybody would say that I don't care yeah. what nationality you are how much English you speak? Someone's like, that thing shouldn't be here. That thing wants to kill my daughter. They'd be like, I'm confused. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? And I love that Hopper just admitted he's like, I don't really get it either, but I'm telling you that thing is connected. And if like, you know, like we we have to do something here. Um, and so I feel like Dimitri from that point onward is just like, okay, he doesn't understand, I doesn't understand, but monster bad. We must kill it. We got to get out of here. He knew that already. So I like the fact that Dimitri just kind of accepts. He's like, I don't know what this has to do with his daughter. I don't understand the connection either. Apparently he doesn't either. But that doesn't change the goal of this mission that we're on. So I feel like it made more sense to Dimitri just be like, I'm confused. And then he's like, yeah, I'm confused too. But I'm telling you, we got to get like, this thing shouldn't be here. And he's like, all right, I'm on board with that. Like, yeah, it shouldn't be here. We can agree on that one. 
Um, so I like that the changes were made to, you know, that would make sense for a character in that situation, but also give him something that he can latch on to and be like, all right. Because we've all been, like, not this situation, obviously, but we've all been in a situation where somebody else said something weird or something we didn't understand, and we're like, you have to make that call. We're like, am I just going to go with this, or am I going to keep questioning? And, like, I feel like Hopper gave him enough information that he was like, all right, we agree on the goal. You clearly have something out, other information I don't have. I don't need that. I just We just need to be on the same page about what we're doing. Um, so I'm very interested to see something else I hate about the two days that they skip is what the heck happened to Dimitri and his family and what the heck happened to Yuri. Yeah. Because he says, like Dimitri says, take us to America. And there's no way they could leave them. You know what I mean? Like there's no way they could leave them in Russia. Yeah. Because if they did, they'd be killed. So like my headcanon for this is that like you know, they obviously got, I don't know if they all got them out at the same time. Like maybe, you know, Yuri and Dimitri, Joyce Topper get transported to Alaska and they, Yuri and Dimitri went back for his family. Mm-hmm. I could see them doing that because it's a helicopter flight. So I'm like, okay, I could see them doing that, you know, drop those guys off, come back for them because like everyone in that prison is dead. So like, <laughs> it's going to take them a little bit of time before someone gets over there. It's in the middle of like, it's remote. So like when it gets over there, realize something has happened connected to Dimitri and gets there because I mean again this is the this is the 80s information wouldn't travel as quickly um so like I I feel like they must have gotten them and, and brought them back over and they must my headcanon is that they're somewhere like Minnesota or something mm-hmm. they've been in a similarly harsh environment and been like here you go you guys are gonna hide out in Minnesota um I feel like they would have got had to I mentioned I don't like Yuri they would have got had to got him out too because he like that wouldn't have rolled um so where was I going with this point oh yeah so like I really I'm really interested to see kind of I'm I'm expecting the final finale to be bringing everybody together that possibly knows about this and I'm very interested to try and see Hopper try to explain to Dimitri what the hell they're trying to do <laughs> like okay so you remember that thing that I said shouldn't be alive and la 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 and you remember the dark particles like the smoky thing mm-hmm. so there's this guy who's like a serial killer you got serial killers? Okay. You got serial killers. Um, he controls the monster thing and the dark particles. And so we're trying to kill him. Like, I want to see that scene where he tries to explain that. And they're like, I don't think that translated correctly. And so then Robin pipes, Robin and Murray try to re-explain it. And they're like, no, you translated that and we still don't get it. Like, you know what I mean? Or like trying to explain yeah. it to parents 12 times. Like, what do you mean there's a smoke monster? What do you, like, what do you mean? What do you mean there are dark particles? Like, I want to see that. Not just the comedy, but just to watch them try to explain this to other people. With the urgency of the situation. Like, I know that sounds ridiculous, guys. But I'm telling you, this is a severe problem that we have. Um, So I want to see that. And also in terms of line changes, I really like that they changed um, Hopper's line from purgatory to, yes. I thought I was said, yeah, to pay for what I've done. Um, because I've seen other people comment that, um, that, you know, his time in Russia for Hopper really serves as this, like, punishment or kind of him kind of redeeming himself for the way he's, for the bad things he's done or the way he's acted, right? Like, we've seen him be a real asshole, as people have commented, that whole scene where him and Elle get into a fight in season three. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, neither of them handle that well, but, like, a lot of that behavior comes across as quite abusive. He's not trying to be that way. But he just doesn't know how to handle it. And so I've seen people comment that, that you know, his time in Russia really serves as penance mm-hmm. for that. So when he comes back at the end of season five, it really feels earned, you know? When Elle's, like, freaking out and she's like, I kept the door over three edges. He's like, I know, it's okay, it's okay. And, like, I think him and Joyce's reunion and the buyer's hopper being a happy family, I feel like that's earned because of that. So I think changing from purgatory to being like this place I'm stuck to being, I thought I was being punished for something. I thought I was being punished by being here. And him realizing that like, no, maybe this isn't punishment. Maybe I'm, I've am i been put here so we can take this thing out. And so I can help, I can help out. Like maybe I'm here to help. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad they changed that because it's a small change, but I feel like it really, I like seeing the acknowledgement that it really changed the meaning. Um, so I really liked that. And also, it's interesting because I've, I'm remember seeing things where, like, he, 
like David Hopper sat with that the the big speech he has about like everybody I I love I hurt right he sat with that speech for like three years because of the time they gave it to him to the find their time we're actually able to film it so like he sat with that there's a piece of it that that um you know didn't change that they sat with but there's other pieces like this they did change and um I mean I assume they didn't change it because he said he sat with it for three years so um (laughs) but like so there's pieces you could tell were like very like you know lore or very important things those characters and their backstory they were like this is the thing I know stuff like that where they made changes to be like okay this isn't quite what we're going for we need to be clearer about this or we need to adjust this language um so I like that and coming back to the descriptions my favorite part of this is the descriptions for the actors and for the people reading the script also for the people that work on the show because I remember seeing an interview I think with um uh I think one of the costume designers the lead costume designer was like yeah like Nancy Tanger shirt that was in the script so we knew that was going to be in there mm-hmm. so like they're in the scripts too to kind of understand what's needed physically but also where the characters are at when you design something right like they design their rooms they design like all of it so I think it's like it's interesting to see what they're giving not the actors but the crew to like build this world um I think it's good I think more in terms of description more is better than less mm-hmm. because you want the people reading that document to have everything they need but then I feel like less is more when you actually film the dialogue um so I really like that they did that and so my favorite one out of this part is the description where is is this dot 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 hopper's miracle and then the three question marks (laughs) right after we have like Murray as Yuri (laughs) (laughs) like that makes me laugh is this a miracle you know, <laughs> I like. I like that they come back to that later, where Dimitri keeps making a comment about like Hopper's miracle and the whole thing. And I thought that was so funny. He was like, "Is this the miracle? Is this the miracle you were looking for?" Like that really uh, was bad, but it, comparing the two would crack me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 